hip hop, he said my am the MC, Dream Tech on the beat, let's go, yeah, Northwest and let's go, check it out, yeah, hey, hey, I said, they think Raver Lupin, man, aka NGL, his show is the truth, like NGL, that means he's not gonna lie, and he's clever when he speaks, plus he runs unplugged, that's the editor-in-chief, special guests on this show have gotten exposure, discuss the sports, music, and popular culture, streetwear, and don't forget the Entrepreneurs, cause when it comes to interviewers, man, this dude is the future. Always keeping it current with the old and with the new. Make sure you tune into the GL. Welcome review. back the to the GL Review. Thanks to freestyle rapping legend Sam I Am the MC for that awesome intro theme. You can follow along with his work at Sam I Am the MC on Twitter and Instagram. For now, though, I'm Nathan Graber Lipperman, creator and editor in chief of Unplugged, as well as the CEO of Powder Blue Media. Our media startup ran out of Northwestern's very own incubator, The Garage. Every Wednesday, I'm bringing you guest interviews and pop culture panelists, as well as covering some of my more eclectic interests, such as streetwear, entrepreneurship, and ultimate frisbee. Now, if you've been following along with the pod, you've probably also noticed I'm starting each episode by talking about our journey as a startup. Last week, I noted how we've raised over $15,000 and are participating in the garage's startup incubator called Wildfire. So after one and a half weeks of just working on the startup full time, it's been really, truly awesome. It's been an intense grind. Yesterday, we worked with a consulting group called Dutank, who from nine to four walked us through a grueling session of identifying customer segments, our unique value proposition, building out a business model canvas, then pitching it to others. I say it was grueling because, look, it's exactly what we needed. We needed to sit down and really hammer out our product, really hammer it to shreds, then pick up the pieces along the way. In reality, though, I'll quote Stephen Douglas, the guy running the whole program, when he says, a lot of what we do is type two fun. It's a tough process while you're doing it, but you really look back at it with a sense of pride and accomplishment. So, in all, I really enjoyed working with Dutank. Anyway, though, another thing I've noticed, so, so basically there are nine other startups working in this accelerator with us. Technically, you're supposed to be there from nine to five, but this is the startup world. You know, people stay late. They work hard on things. Yet, I've really noticed everyone seems really content with just clocking in, then clocking out. It's a summer job, essentially. I was talking to one of the women who runs the garage, Hayes Ferguson, who uh, her background is she's one of the co-creators of Legacy.com, a website for um, eulogies. And she was truly surprised by this observation. She was like saying, look, you guys have all night and all weekend and no school. If I were in your shoes, I would be working on this thing all the time. And that nugget, that little nugget right there really reaffirmed everything for me, to be quite frank, because I'd be getting home at like nine or 10 every night. And I'm like, damn, Should I be taking time to actually go outside and enjoy summer? Part of the reason I've been getting home so late is my guest today, though, a true friend of the pod, Jeremy Larkin. The Northwestern running back turned coach turned podcaster (laughs) is debuting his new podcast, Whistles, this Friday on the Powder Blue Podcast Network. It's been a really awesome experience working with Jeremy, getting to pick his brain multiple times a week. I truly, like, legitimately admire his positive outlook on things, his grit, his tenacity, how he just keeps going and going. It's amazing giving everything he's gone through and how he's the same cheery Jeremy day in and day out. Plus, 
his co-hosts, Jared Thomas and Jake Saunders, are really cool guys in and of themselves. Fellow Medill students, look, the guys are true professionals. Or not, after all, the NCAA doesn't allow them to be. We'll get into that more at the podcast. But anyway, on this episode of the GL Review, I talked to Jeremy about the injury that changed his life and why whistles is an important step in the next quarter of his life. Hope you enjoy it. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at ByNateGL. You can follow the website at Unplugged. That's U-N-P-L-U-G-G underscore D. And yeah, let's get right into it. All right. It's been a little bit over a month since the last time my guest today graced the GL review. But I'm here again <laughs> with Ducey, Jeremy yeah. Larkin. How you doing? Dude, I'm glad to be back. I can't believe you brought me back on. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm very yeah. excited for it. Uh, I think we've got some good stuff lined up and ready to go. I think it's going to be a little fun, fun little discussion we're going to have here. Yeah, it was a tough call. I mean, you asked me if my mom listens to my podcast, and right. I told you she does. Right. And she listened to the one you were on, and she was like, oh, my God, that was the worst podcast I've ever listened to. So mm-hmm. it was a tough call bringing you back on. See, but. see, with that, <laughs> it goes back to the old sayings that moms always know best. Right. Because my mom listened to the podcast right. and said the same exact thing. She <laughs> said, don't ever go back on there and embarrass his family like that again. And yeah, here we are. Here we are again doing the same exact thing. So but. sorry, mom. Not sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, before we even get into it, like, what's going on right now? NBA free agency, this crazy period. You can make the argument that NBA free agency is a bigger deal than even, like, the finals nowadays, even after this crazy finals. But, I mean, like, let's go. What are your biggest takeaways from the first several days? Uh, Definitely, like you said, the NBA free agency has definitely been more fun to watch than the NBA finals. But that might be a hot take, you know, given I have a brother who's a huge Golden State fan. But with that being said... I hate NBA free agency being a football Ooh. guy because, okay. I mean, dude, some of these deals that they're getting for free agency is just right. far too Like, it's it's unheard of. You don't see that in football at all. So to think that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving took a pay cut to make $41 million, man, their life is tough. That's all I have to say. I always go back, especially during this time when – We've got a lot of NBA free agency going on, and like you're seeing some of the contracts that these guys are getting, and I always just complain about. Not only was I in the wrong sport, but I was in the wrong position, okay? I'm playing running back, which mm-hmm. is like a three-year lifespan, and we're making like league minimum of 400, 400K, 500. If you're really good, like the Saquons of the world, but even he's not making KD money or yeah. some of this Hooper money. It's it's ridiculous. That's why I hate the NBA free agency. And you saw that play out with the whole uh, Le'Veon Bell situation. Right, but, yeah. Um, no, the other thing I was going to mention, too, I mean, contracts in the NBA are also guaranteed, mm. right? <laughs> don't even Don't even get me started about that league. And, like, football – or not football, but basketball players will miss a game because they've got an ingrown toenail or – a hangnail or they they're just not feeling good they've got the stomach flu because they've got 82 games and they're thinking all right i got the postseason whereas football guys you've got we've got that real grit where we're playing 16 20 hard games every game's life or death doesn't matter you're going to go out there and play even if you got three broken fingers or broken toe or even a broken neck in my case you're going to go out there and play (laughs) (laughs) but it's just kind of that that aspect of it's, it's a different sport but I got to get my kids playing baseball and golf. That's where the money is. That's where the longevity is. I mean, you uh, saw you saw Kyler Murray choose the NFL over right. baseball, though. And he was like, you know, a top pick for baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a quarterback, though. Which is, you know, quarterback money exactly. is quarterback money is quarterback money. Right? Quarterback money, quarterback money. And then at the same time, you know, he's not taking these hits. Um, right. Also, just think about it, though. Think about how cool that is to be 
Excuse me. <laughs> we can edit that. Think about how cool it is to be a first rounder in two sports. Like how many people can say they've been drafted in the first round in two sports? I think that's that's one of the reasons why he probably went to the NFL draft. And on top of that, he's just a freak of an athlete and a heck of a quarterback. And I think that's really it's really gonna be interesting to see what they do in Arizona with him as quarterback and how they're gonna be able to play. But he's he's a different breed. I think, like you said, it's tough for him to to pass up the guaranteed money in baseball, but you see quarterbacks like Russell Wilson go back and play baseball during their time or like, you know, my guy Tebow playing baseball now after football is all said and done. Tebow, your guy. Tebow, man. Everybody used to do the Tebow pose after they scored every true. back in the day. I should bring that back into my ultimate Frisbee celebration. Yes. <laughs> bring it back. Usually I just do the LT the where LT. you just like put the head on, you know, and you like. Anyway. I don't even know that one. What? Oh, you got to look up LT I celebration. I mean, you're a, big, you're a big powder blue guy, huh? Big powder blue guy. Anyway. Hey, Chargers switched yeah. their home jerseys to powder blue. Really? Yeah, huge for the brand. Huge for the brand. <laughs> huge for the pot. You know? Huge for the pot. <laughs> I don't know. Growing up a Chargers fan, what was that like? It was tough. <laughs> Why? Because think about once LT left, mm -hmm. like that 2011 to 2015 yeah. Wait, what? No, no, no 2011 to 2017, one yeah. playoff appearance. You're wasting the prime of one of the best quarterbacks in the league, that's and a, that that's a hot take. Okay, he's been top ten almost every year yeah. of his career. Yeah. So, like, okay, how do you define best then? I mean, you know, you're right. I give it to him. He is a very good. I mean, I think he's really consistent. He's consistent. You know, he throws the ball really well. He's gonna, you know what? I can't even say that because I've had him on my fantasy team, so I think he's yeah. he's great. I mean, he's top ten in history in like every major passing I, category. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, that's probably true. Huh? <laughs> maybe he is. He is good. Huh? I will stand Philip Rivers yeah. to the oh, end of don't time. Don't get me wrong. I love fourth quarter <laughs> Phil. All right, don't get me wrong. Phil Phil Rivers is a guy. Yeah. He's no, like, but <laughs> absolute guy, and you have to defend him now because mm -hmm. of his uh, running back in the backfield, number twenty-two, the ball carrier. But um, oh, I thought you were talking about Melvin Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> Wisconsin guy. Wisconsin yeah. Badgers, the Badgers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so last time Jeremy came on, we talked about, you know, growing up in Cincinnati, even though oh some gosh. new information has new come information. to my intention that uh, Cincinnati is a bit of a stretch for the Fairfield native. But I went to high school in Cincinnati. Wow. <laughs> wow. You've been hanging around Jake and Jared too much, I yeah, can tell. I know. <laughs> All right, that's... <laughs> That is really false. Don't believe anything they say. I mean, oh, my God. We'll touch on Jared and Jake we'll, later. We'll talk about it, yeah. But, um, yeah, so you come from a family of athletes. Uh, you decide to come to NU. You have this great mentor in Fitz and Justin Jackson. And we talk about some of the more funny things, you know, what, what motivates and drives uh, Jeremy Larkin. Uh, some of them funny, some of them more just from a day-to-day -day basis. And one of those things was – the fact that you have this color-coordinated calendar that's mapped out <laughs> seemingly for like five years down the road. And I'm happy False. to say, <laughs> I'm happy to say as of yesterday, you saw my calendar before we started recording. Oh. It is color-coordinated. I'm so, you have no idea how proud of you <laughs> I am or how proud of you I am. Wait, no. <laughs> how, how proud pr I am of how you. proud I there we go words are tough <laughs> Jesus Northwestern education right there yeah but you have no idea how proud I am of you you know you finally took the stance of getting organized and right color coding your calendar mm -hmm. to try to be like me and I've been slacking because I've it's summertime I don't need a color coordinated calendar you know it's kind of it's kind of time to relax and kind of chill out by the the beautiful the beach you know in the chicago ocean so right. calendars looking a little less filled but it's mm -hmm. still very busy though so 
Don't let it fool you. But maybe I, maybe I pulled a space jam and stole mm, your talents. You stole my talents, Jesus. That's at least you not be squatting like five hundred fifty pounds. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah, you'll be able to squat that. I mean, I just I don't know. Did you really steal my talents? Because all I remember is that horse game. You know who won that? It's true. That's true. You want to set the record straight? Or? It's tough. Yeah, <laughs> two to one in favor of um, Ducey over here. Yeah, yeah. But how next did, time, how did I win that one? Do you remember? Yeah, you um, threw it up in the air outside the three-point line and just yammed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can dunk. <laughs> Wait, you can dunk what? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was impressive. No. Uh, <laughs> were, you, but, were you surprised by that at all, or what did you think? You just Honestly, in the past, you made some reference, and I was like, oh, he can't dunk? That was surprising. And then you just came and did that. I'm like, so he can dunk, yeah. so there you go. No warm-up, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing khakis, though. Oh, there we go. There's yeah, the, the khakis. The khakis didn't allow you to to, yeah. to make your letters or whatever you want to call it in horse. Yeah. When are we, Until, play, when are we playing one-on-one? I know on the pod last time we talked about when we're going to play right. one-on-one. And when, when are we setting that date up in that color-coordinated calendar? Of yours? I mean, it's been coming. I'm just, like, trying huh. to organize it. It's yeah. just my opponent has just seemed too scared. So, well, Who's your opponent? You talking um, about me? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow but um yeah yeah i'll have my people talk to your people but mm. um <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean we can we can we can touch it up figure it out when what best works for you when it best works for me you know if i'm not traveling or you're not traveling doing right. business you know you, you've business. got this this great brand you're running and, and powder blue and unplugged and you've got all this stuff that you're doing so i i think you're a really big busy ceo man that you don't have time for the right. small people like me you know? <laughs> oh man <laughs> <laughs> this is laying on some like spanos level trash stuff. oh god oh dude don't even that guy you like that interview with spanos i loved spanos, yeah, we, spanos we, and flame. we're gonna talk all about that towards mm -hmm. the end of this but um to get into what we really came here to talk about um Look, so we ended that podcast kind of talking about um, transitions, right? And that's a major theme of your show, Whistles. Uh, right. This whole first section is transitions. And um, how we define that is kind of broad and in the sense that you explore a bunch of different avenues in terms of transitions. But for me, what I want to ask you about is, uh, you know, this transition into your senior year right now. So mm -hmm. we'll go back a year to kind of this time. Um, you're filling the role of Justin Jackson, the program's all-time leading ball carrier. And you've been training for this moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you you redshirt, um, and then you have your redshirt freshman year. You get playing time as kind of a complimentary back. But uh, coming into your sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year, you are all – you're the starter, right? You're slotted in. You have to earn your spot. But um, you're also coming back from an injury, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is about, you know, when when did you sustain – it was a hamstring injury or what was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was – Torn hammy for the other leg. It was, I had torn one in my left leg and then healed that up. And then this was the right one out coming out of spring ball. But uh, definitely just an adjustment period of making that transition of getting healthy again. So, like, one of the things when you're playing running back in the Big Ten and, you know, having to do a, a, a season and a workload, like, in my case, of what I was preparing for was – the main thing you want to do is stay healthy, and that was kind of what we were focusing on this offseason because, like you said, in replacing Justin was this was a guy that played so many countless of downs and games that he never missed a game or play because of an injury. He was always able to be healthy enough to get out there and go play. So that's what we were really working on around this time was, oh, at this point we were already past getting back to healthy, but it was figuring out how to maintain this health, how to continue to be able to peak perform at every – 
at every game, every moment, you know, and kind of developing that that stamina to kind of be able to go all four quarters for 13 games, 14 games, 15 games, no matter how many games it was. And developing that that uh, mentality of being able to go, like you mentioned, Spanos, you know, he always says the words, all gas, no brakes. Well, that's what we were really working on. So during this time period last year, it was about staying healthy and really just being able to take care of my body. Uh, coming back from this, this hamstring injury was a lot of hard work and dedication. I went into it, and I remember specifically kind of having to – to do some workouts that I didn't really necessarily want to do and kind of being able to get in that mindset and mentality of why I'm doing this and kind of making this transition from this injury to staying healthy to going into the starting role. And that's where I was kind of developing this 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 mindset of kind of just embracing the suck and embracing, you know, the grind of what exactly is in football and what it means and what it takes to become a starter in this starting role. So we were constantly working out I think I had to squat two times a week something that is not very fun to do but it was just embracing and knowing that I had to do it because in order to do this and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do was being able to be the best running back that I could be there was a lot of preparation that went into it in that aspect of it Mm -hmm. yeah and um, I mean you talked about also the group that you were lifting Mm -hmm. with every day and getting back healthy right I mean what, what was that kind of squad like Oh, man, that squad was phenomenal. I mean, I think every single one of us was coming back from that that injury. I think, you know, lifting with Clayton and Nate Hall, who were battling their own injuries and making the comeback. And these are guys who had already been established ball players. You know, they're guys who were Big Ten, all Big Ten, Clayton and Nate looking to go to the NFL, whereas this is my first chance, and I'm just now trying to break into the scene and break into the show and kind of – being able to prove my worth. So I think lifting with those guys was really instrumental to kind of understanding, you know, this is the starting role you're in. This is how you prepare. This is what it takes. This is what you have to do every day. You have to come ready to work, you know, kind of that's some of the things I was able to learn from those older guys and kind of being able to put that into not only how I worked out in the off season, but how I approached the season coming up from a camp standpoint and being able to, understand the playbook, understand defenses, knowing how to break down film and what to watch and what exactly how, or exactly how my game will translate into that. And then, you know, at the end of the day, just being able to go, you know, go do it at the end of the day, you know, just go out there and play, not think, and just play fast. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, you know, one thing that we hear a lot is the term hard work and dedication. And, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy to editorialize that and kind of just skip over it, you know, hard work and dedication. Woo. Like that's it. But, um, a big goal of your podcast whistles is to kind of show everything that kind of how the sausage gets made with Mm -hmm. student athletes. You know, uh, you love when I use that term, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, big journalist word, but, um, yeah. So just everything that goes behind it. And I mean, you know, you said you were squatting two times a week, uh, at this point, uh, what, what did that process look like? And I mean, what, what was expected from you and what were you doing to ensure that uh, you could go above and beyond and cement yourself kind of like you were alluding to? I think that was more of just, I think when I, when you break it down to what that went into and the daily, the day to day kind of basis of the preparation, I think it was just knowing, I guess, like I said, a squad is kind of knowing your job that you've got to do and what you got to do to get it done. And that's, kind of being able to get into the zone and being able to understand that, fail, like when you're squatting, you can either go up or you're going down, you know. 
sometimes you go down, then back up, then down, back up, down, back up. But that's not always the case because you might reach a breaking point to where, you know, this might be enough. Like you might not be able to get back up. And when you're at that point, and I think when you're ready to PR is what we call it, personal records, and kind of doing that aspect mm -hmm. of this is the most you've done ever. Like this is going to be the most you're going to do. You might not get this. You might fail. You might do this. And I think one of the biggest thing I learned was that during this time period that failure was not an option for me. I think going into it, I knew exactly what I had to do, how I was going to do it. I had done it before. So why couldn't I do it now? So that was kind of my thing and kind of just getting in that mindset of nothing's going to stop me when I get on this bar. Nothing's going to stop me when I get out on the field. There's nothing that's all the preparation that I've put in is leading to this moment to where I'm able to just snap into that zone and then go do exactly what a, what it is that I've been doing my entire time and what I've been working for. So just kind of understanding that why and knowing exactly why or knowing exactly what I had to do and how I was going to do it. So, yeah, uh, you know, we've joked about the calendar a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this hard work and dedication. You've now mentioned yeah. more what Especially, goes behind it. Yeah. Um, but just like walk me through a week mm -hmm. from last summer. I mean, this summer to a degree too, but just like last summer when right. you're this whole mindset, I'm going to be the starting running back cement myself. Like what did a week look like in the life of Jeremy Larkin? Uh, yeah, give me some time to think about that. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, just pulls up of, the receipts. Pulls up the receipts, but I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tough. I mean, just think about all the pre all the preparation that you did, kind of to get to where you are, kind of in college now. Like what? I guess this is me kind of asking you, what preparation mm -hmm. did high school have for you and preparing you to come to college from the standpoint of being able to to balance your class schedule or from the standpoint of like what you do with your friends every day. And like in college, you have your friends at access at almost 24 seven mm -hmm. and they're always here. And that could be a distraction when you're trying to get some goals accomplished. So like right. what were some of the things that you had to do and make that transition, you know, and figure I mean, out that. Honestly, remembering high school, it was literally like towards the end of high school, it was just like school, mm. sports, homework, go mm. to sleep by 11, hopefully. Like that was kind of life. Like it was tough. Yeah. Um, I also bowled a lot. I really. Oh, you're a bowler. Yeah. Have I have I mentioned this? I no. averaged a 180. No. We by the end go, of my need, senior year. We need to go bowling sometime. I was one of those guys who had like two balls. Okay, so you're actually a real bowler. Huh? I, I'm t high of 267. Uh, yeah, no, we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not going bowling. Cancel that. Let's play yeah, one we're on good, basketball. We're good. Look, I, I, I hate. I, I hate losing more than I love winning, and that just seems like a losing situation for me. All right, the only time I bowl something that high is if we're playing Wii Sports. I'm not right. <laughs> to be fair, though, one time, so like, you know, I talked about my bowling games, my friends mm -hmm. here, and then one time we went in Chicago, but like, I didn't have my balls with me and I hadn't done it in a while. So, yeah, yeah, you can laugh. Laugh all you want. Uh, <laughs> what are you, 21? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm over here laughing. I'm, a, I'm laughing like a high school kid over here talking about. But yeah, no, one time I went with my friends and just used like, you know, the house balls. And I got like a forty, and they were just you like, a forty. I bowled a forty, and they were all like, "Oh, oh you yeah. bull!" I'm like, I prefaced it by saying, "I'm not gonna do well." And yeah, yeah. You didn't. You know what you didn't do? You didn't read the oil patterns, okay? Exactly. So you are, get it. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I'm a serious bowler. Yeah, I'm just not very good. But I mean, <laughs> dude, over break, we went bowling with me and a couple of buddies were down there, and I'm thinking like, "Yeah, I bowl every now and then." So I'm going out there, I'm playing. First game, I'm doing really good. And everyone's like, oh, Lark, you're really good. I'm like, yeah, dude, I used to do this all the time back in right. the day. You know, like, this is kind of what I did on the weekends. And then, like, everyone else gets warmed up, and I'm playing with a bunch of athletes, and then it's not looking too hot. <laughs> and then they start making fun of me. Like, hey, Lark, what happened? I thought you were a good bowler. I was like, 
you know what? You're right. Let me get back in my zone. So I have to, you know, really focus up and kind of. Right. I actually took this way too serious in bowling. Yeah, you have to. And I think, yeah, no, especially when you're with friends. And it's the most competitive sport out there. It's super competitive. I mean, <laughs> I remember Chris Paul used to have that bowling. The, the, what is the it? celebrity. Yeah, he still one. does it. They still do it. That's my goal one day. To what, be to in be a that, celebrity? That celebrity? Oh, to be in it? Oh. Right. Like, I, I could either shoot for the celebrity all star basketball game or celebrity right. bowling. And See, uh, I, want the, I, I want the all star basketball game. That sounds yeah. more fun. Yeah. You know? Podcast host Jeremy Lycan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. No one's gonna know. No one's gonna want to sit there and see that. But I'll go show them. You know, a little thing or two. Yeah. But no, back to bowling. What we got to do this sometime. Uh oh. <laughs> Dang, Mike's. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Not. Uh, not a professional. Not a professional yet. Not a professional. I mean, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about on the show. I mean, you shouldn't expect it to be too professional because you know we we are athlete. We are student athletes, and you know we can't necessarily make professional things and expect you know it's kind of all that so that's our little niche to it so bear with it like to the listeners bear with us when we're kind of going through these transitions like if you hear me just you know like hitting on the mic it's probably because i'm moving around i can't sit still and i'm probably reaching for some candy or eating some food or doing something that's not on task because you know i'm getting distracted this isn't necessarily my job you know so i'm trying to figure it out you always have to have the candy. Gotta, gotta have the candy. Candy. How do you great. feel about Gobstoppers? Gobstoppers. Oh my god, they're uh, great candy. I got them for a dollar at the dollar store. According to there's probably, there's a reason why they were a dollar. <laughs> All right, Gobstoppers are not candy. I don't even know what you call that. Gobstoppers are more like door stoppers. Okay, they're they're pointless. All right, I don't like how they just stay hard that whole entire. <laughs> <laughs> Reference the office right now. Is that what you're? <laughs> I don't like how Gobstoppers just stay hard and, like, kind of just sit there. Like, it's not necessarily, like, a good candy. Like, candy you're supposed to be chewing and enjoying. Like, I feel like that takes way too long. Right. You lose your sense. It's almost like a healthy candy. And no one, mm. you're eating candy, it shouldn't be healthy. All right. That's why you get you some sweetest fish, some right. Starburst, you know, Sour so Patch Kids. You said doorstops are pointless. Hmm? Are, you said doorstops are pointless. No, I didn't say doorstops are pointless. I said hey. Gobstoppers are. And like, then you compared them to doorstops. All right. I said they should be doorstoppers. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Right. Well, I was going to ask, are umbrellas pointless? Yeah, it's just water. <laughs> I know someone that will be really happy now. <laughs> what? <laughs> First um, episode of the Hot Take Show. Really? Umbrellas are pointless. Umbrellas are pointless? Really? Yeah. I mean. It's a hot take. Yeah, that is a hot take because, I mean, if you're someone who likes their hair or just doesn't like to get wet, which is also weird because the water's not wet, but... I don't think you really need umbrellas. All right. But yeah, we're, getting circle back. we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. circle back. Originally, I was asking you about what was a week yeah. like in the life of Jeremy Larkin. Mm-hmm. You kind of um, pushed that question back on me, to which I answered, look, like. Yeah, um, I completely forgot we were talking no, about that. No, no, but, yeah. I mean, like, high school really taught me how to have a regimented schedule. Um, right. I, I've done a very poor job of keeping that up in college because I think that's part of the startup lifestyle mm-hmm. where it's everything changes in, like, the span of 10 minutes. You know, your business model changes in a second. Uh, I'd really be talking myself up if I pretended we actually had a business model. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it, it teaches you how to be disciplined, mm. regimented, and that's what I learned. I think right. it's helped me in college a lot. Yeah, I think that's definitely, but kind of circling back to just the daily, what it was, was essentially just kind of, you know, preparing every day, like preparing for week one, which is exactly what we're doing now. But every single day you're preparing for week one all the way to 15 and to take you to the day to day would be waking up, I guess, be five o'clock, you know, and then starting at five o'clock, kind of getting there early, 
being one of the first guys, you kind of get in the hot tub, you know, to relax, kind of warm up a little bit, get your body ready to go, kind of get your mind right, wake up, then you go stretch, warm up. Then you go do the run and the lift that you're supposed to be doing at the team. And then in between the run and lift, you're throwing with the quarterbacks and receivers and you're running routes and kind of getting that that timing down from that standpoint. And this is all said and done from until 9 o'clock. Then, you know, from 9 to probably 9, you get breakfast. After breakfast, you got to – Go get some recovery in the training room. So you're kind of, you're there. I mean, I probably was there for an hour, just kind of treating your body from the run, the lift, and kind of that aspect of it. You know, also just BSing around and kind of talking to the trainers down there because um, those are my guys. I like hanging down there because they're just they're cool people, great people. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to want to see them, but they're good people. Right. But kind of just spending time in the training room, and after you're done in the training room, either you've got class or you don't got class. So I'm trying to think, what did I have last? What was last year? I don't even know what class I had. Doesn't I mean I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but <laughs> <laughs> it would probably be probably me go to go to class after class probably grab some lunch then I'm back here breaking down film kind of watching film and watching Purdue and kind of studying Purdue at that moment and kind of seeing I guess seeing how I could just seeing their linebackers and seeing their personnel and then at that time I remember they had only had like three guys or four guys returning starting on the defense so it was kind of tough to watch from you know, what they were able to do. So it was just really studying. It was actually easier to study each guy individually that was returning and then understand the schematics of it. But leaving that job to the coaches to kind of help us prepare that as we got closer to it. So it was more of kind of going back and watching why Justin was so successful here in our offense and then mm-hmm. watching why I was able to have success that first year in my and how I played the game and depending on certain plays and what I was really good at to where I can go figure out exactly how can I make this translate even more. So then I go and – you know, I do that, kind of study some film of other running backs like NFL guys or other college running backs who are successful to where I can go and make like footwork drills or do some type of drills and work on my catching and work on that type of stuff throughout the day. Then said and done, after that's all done, go get dinner. And then after dinner, probably hopefully doing the homework that I had for class. I still don't remember what class it took, <laughs> but, you know, maybe doing a little preparation for school in that aspect and then probably being in bed from nine o'clock and trying to relax and decompress for the entire day just to wake up and do the same exact process over and over again. So instead of, you know, working that nine to five, you're working the five to nine, which is still exactly enough time to kind of sleep for eight hours. So, you know, stressing the importance of sleep and kind of how that helps with recovery and kind of what that means to you. So, you know, one of the things that was big for me learning in college was kind of the the recovery standpoint and the biggest mm-hmm. transition was to kind of take care of my body and knowing the nutritional values, the the values of recovery from sleeping and the stretches I could be doing, all these little things that mattered that I didn't necessarily do in high school. So I say that didn't necessarily prepare me. Not to say that high school, my work ethic and the hard work and dedication didn't prepare me, but there's different things and there's that learning curve that you have to go through when you get to college. And that's kind of one of the things when you got to figure out when you get here, it's kind of how to make that short, how to make that learning curve shorter because these are such influential years in our life and what sets us up from the framework of the rest of our lives for what we do in these next four years from the year of 18 to 22, it kind of sets up our future. So I think one of the biggest things is kind of just having that, that, that talk and having the realization of what you have to do every day and how that's going to, you know, translate later in life from the habits that you start here and kind of that understanding of it. So that's why I had to have the color coordinated calendar and kind of, you know, be where I needed to be at the certain points and 
And at the same time, there will still be times of relaxation because you got that's one of the things you got to figure out with this entire process of understanding the preparation and like what you're doing every day and why you're doing it. It's kind of being able to relax and take a step back, step back from being so disciplined. So you got to discipline yourself and being able to have that self care aspect and kind of relax and kind of just decompress because that's also a crucial part into you know relaxing. Because then if your brain's constantly working, you won't be able to sleep at night. So that's kind of the main thing. That's when you watch The Office, right? That's when you watch The Office or you watch shows like on Netflix. Just, just some stuff that just allows you to relax and kind of just chill out. I mean, you've watched The Office. You see how relaxing it is. That's, But that is also very dangerous, you know, I'll say the least. I think there's many of times. It can be addicting. It's very addicting. Very yeah. addicting. I think you sit down and you say, all right, I'm doing this real quick. I'm just going to watch one episode, 20 oh, yeah. minutes. It shouldn't be that long. That's like three episodes later. It's three episodes. Not even three episodes. Three hours later, like <laughs> the little sponge on me. Three hours. Yes. Yeah, exactly like, you're, <laughs> like three hours later, you're literally sitting there and you've realized that you've watched so many episodes of, of The Office that you've just kind of almost wasted three hours that you could have been doing something more productive. Yeah. No, I just mean, just like the show is very unproductive <laughs> in that office space. But that's worth thirty minutes and what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Are like, we really, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus! Um, you prepare that whole summer. You know, you're working hard. Um, fall rolls around, mm-hmm. and as you said, preparing for that Purdue game, great yeah. game in of itself, and you had quite the quite the breakout game in mm-hmm. that regard. Um, I listed, you know, I, I'd said. Before this podcast, I was talking about your awesome campaign. Yeah. Um, you kind of scoffed at that. You're like, what? Right, but, exactly. um, I mean, look, you were leading the Big Ten in touchdowns. You're at 72 attempts, 346 yards, five touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry after three games. And what was that run like, you know, three weeks? Or was there a bye week in between at one point? Or was it no, just the bye week was a retirement week. So right. That was before the Michigan week. But, okay. Um, so, yeah, what were those three weeks like? Was it just a whirlwind? I mean. Well, the good part about those three weeks were we weren't in school yet. So there was no classes. So it was right. like essentially being in the, like, I feel like I was an NFL player just because, you know, you've got all this free time just to kind of perfect your craft and doing that preparation. But like you said, kind of going back to that first game and kind of having a breakout game, uh, like I said, you might think of it as a breakout game. But it was more of a just kind of getting started. It wasn't necessarily my breakout game because mm-hmm. – Throughout this this constant all that all season and kind of you know going through it and envisioning what exactly I wanted to do in the game, I I saw I had seen that moment, dreamt that moment, and then rehearsed that moment so many different times that I actually didn't do as good as I thought I was going to do in that game, which is the <laughs> funny, which is the funny part about it. But I just remember specifically there's a run we're coming, we've got an outside zone going left, we cut it up, I cut it up, and then I cut back and we're running down the field. And I noticed a guy that were one of the safeties is coming up. And we had been talking, one of like our new running back coach thing is like targeting a stiff arm and, you know, really making sure you get that that face or that face mask or that helmet because it shortens up their tackling angle or their tackling distance. They're not able to reach you. So I remember just constantly being able to like, this is what I've worked on in the offseason. This is what it's going to happen. And like, I know that this is the moment right here as I'm running down the field and I see this guy coming to tackle me. And this is a guy who's supposed to be strong and, had a crazy off-season gains, and I'm seeing him coming, and he's running at me, and I'm like, here we go, and kind of just right then and there, stiff arm and giving him a mug. And I thought he was going to fall to the ground because I had created space. I was like, he should have fell to the ground, but <laughs> I obviously let myself down right there. And just remembering, like, this is a stiff arm moment right here. This should have been a touchdown run, but it wasn't. But I remember kind of before, but no, just kind of remembering the, the aspect of – 
envisioning this moment and kind of knowing what was going to happen in this game and what I'd been preparing for that when this moment happened, it was almost exactly as, as I rehearsed it. I remember having a long run and a dream or even just envisioning a dream and everyone's going crazy and everyone's hype. And I'm kind of just like even kill cool, common collective, because like I said, I was just getting started just like I was just starting the game and everyone's going to be high and, you know, all this motor going crazy, this and that in the first quarter. And I'm like, you got to be able to stay kill, stay calm throughout the entire game. This is a four-quarter game. There's no reason to get so hyped up in the first game. Everyone's going to start off fast. But it's a you, matter of maintaining that speed throughout the game. Is that why also I always noticed when you would score a touchdown, you would just walk over to the referee, kind of jog yeah. over, just hand them the ball and keep yeah. going, right? That's kind of like, like the mindset. Yeah, you got to act like you've been there before. I just remember. <laughs> well, that's that that that's a multiple. There's a different bunch of reasons why I do that. Okay. But no, there's, there's a moment every time when I, I do score that there's like that, you know, that feeling of, yes, we scored, but it's also at the same time, it's like, all right, you're done. Now go do it again. You know, mm -hmm. just, there's no, you shouldn't, you can't be satisfied with just one. You got to have, you know, you got to get more. You got to get more. You got to get more. And I think, you know, here's a high school hairy moment, but going back, <laughs> going back into, uh, going back into high school, I think that was one of the biggest things that I was worried about. I wasn't worried about yards, wasn't worried about this and that or touches. It was more about scoring and putting points on the board. You know, I think I got to score touchdowns. Like that's what I'm good at. I'm automatic when it comes from, I wonder if there's a stat on it, but I feel like I'm automatic no matter when I'm inside the 20-yard line that if I'm in there, we're going to score. And that's how that confidence comes from because you've just been able to prepare and you kind of seen it so many times that this is exactly what's going to happen. So I think that's one of the moments where you kind of just realize, like, that's what I do. That's kind of what I done, have done in my life, you know, scoring touchdowns is kind of what I do, and that's what I like to do. So it's like i got to have more and more. So it's just like, all right, I've done it before hand the ball to the ref, keep going, having that same mentality, I'll see you again here, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of that aspect. No, it, it was a great battle watching mm -hmm. uh, you you go off and also Rondell Moore on the other side, yeah. man. Dude, He yeah, came we, in freshman yeah. year. Just, right. and, you know. you love, and you love to see that too mm -hmm. because it's like this is a guy coming from high school and he's coming out to his first college game. Prime time. Prime time game. You know, I thought it was like, I guess big primetime game for me kind of coming out in that starting role, but just for someone who hasn't even been in a college game, I had played college games before and um, this is a new role and this is kind of a big game, but this is a guy hadn't played a college game yet and he's going out there and he goes and he goes and do exactly what he did against us. And having a breakout game like that for him is just amazing to see from a true freshman coming from that high school. And, it, right. and that's kind of what the show kind of wants to talk about. Like what is it that makes that, 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 that athlete successful and able to make that transition from high school and be able to succeed on the athletic field because that's truly a testament of what he's done in the preparation standpoint of getting to where he is today and kind of being able to go and perform that way. I think that's really – you always want to see a, a guy be able to do that. That's kind of why, you know, you want to recruit – you want to be able to play true freshman, but not all the time because they're not necessarily ready. But if you can get a guy like Rondell Moore to kind of go out there and do something like that, that's – that's truly great. That's just crazy. I, I also remember on the broadcast, too, watching from mm -hmm. home again, uh, that they mentioned true freshman Rondell Moore about mm -hmm. 20 times. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it, it was, I mean, it's every that. every Yeah, he, yeah, every play he was doing something. If he got yeah. the ball in his hands. In that Ohio State game later, too. So yeah. you think we'll see that guy on Sundays? Huh? Rondell Moore? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Kid stays healthy. He'll, he'll definitely be playing on Sundays. He's... And he's a freaking event. Like, he's like a weight room guy, too. He's oh, like yeah. a Saquon, but like a slot receiver. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's different. 
Yeah. He's really tough. He's got a low center of gravity. I mean, I can break it down for you exactly what it is, but just kind I, of. I actually meant to ask this to you before we were talking mm -hmm. about, you know, your squatting and whatnot. So, oh um, no. <laughs> you know, max squat, we may or may less not have to allude to it, but at, at your max, how many of me's do you think you could squat? So I weigh 180 pounds. I so mean, you're asking me to do math right now. Oh, God. Let's see here. I don't know. I mean, we can round up to right, two. Right. We we'll round up to two hundred because that makes it a little bit easier on my right. Two hundred on my head. So then we just was sit. it more than two and a half me's? Yes, it was yes. more than more two and a half me's. If the math was, was it right. more than three me's? Three me's is two hundred. See now, now's where we got to do the actual one eighty weight. What's one? Let's look it up. Stats. <laughs> do we have a stats department or someone who can do calculations or something like that? Yeah. Let's see here. We well, here we go. I know the number. Oh, well, this is why you just <laughs> yeah. say it. All right. So, at your peak, mm -hmm. you were lifting 3.17 Bs. It was oh. 570 pounds, oh, right? I got, uh, yes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 3.17 Bs, that's really specific. <laughs> could I do it now? No, I'm retired. I'm old. I got to I gotta work on my golf game. I can't. Right. But you could lift two Bs. What's two years? Three sixty. It's three sixty. I'm not doing it though. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Also, you'd I'm, have to find a uh, you know I'm, a cloning machine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. good. but I ain't squatting no more. Are you kidding me? I'm old. I'm retired. You know, it's kind of <laughs> gotta work on your golf game. Like gotta work on a golf game. But you know, trying, <laughs> trying to lean out a little bit. You know, yeah. A whole bunch of whole bunch of workouts that make you look good. So a lot of chest and a lot of curls for the right. girls. Only the stuff that makes you look. Only good. the stuff that makes <laughs> you look good. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you have that Purdue game um, followed up. Great game at Duke uh, versus Duke and versus Akron. Unfortunately, both losses. Yeah. That Akron so I don't know tough. what you. I don't know what you mean by great game if you right. loss. Hey, you said putting points on the board, right? You're all about. You're all about winning. Yeah, but, and they um, put more points on the board than we did. Yeah. I also say, I have to say, like, <laughs> come on, Duke. Like, you lost to Duke. Like, come on. Duke sucks. Yeah. Not not from a football standpoint. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> In a, the university. Uh, like, Duke University yeah. as an institution just fundamentally Doesn't your brother go to sucks. Duke? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I brother, haven't heard you, the end of it. <laughs> I would say, does your brother, does your brother uh, listen to the pod? Um, yes, he does. He does, so... What what am I supposed to say? Uh, see you in basketball, like <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have any coming. I mean, we're what is Duke not good at? I mean, they're really. I mean, like you said, they're really good institutions. No talk <laughs> about it. They've got yeah. There's, yeah, it's no Northwestern, but right. Duke sounds like puke. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, I agree. But um, <laughs> yeah, so. Look, so you have these three games, you know, one and two, um, maybe not the number one outcome you want. But then, as you allude to, bye week comes up. You allude to it as injury week. But, I mean, mm. look, so this is, like, a really big life-changing moment for you. Um, you know, you're diagnosed with cervical stenosis. Uh, you end up retiring from the game you've been playing uh, since you were five. But, I mean, when did you first find out about this diagnosis? Can you walk me through that? So the diagnosis kind of was before the Akron game, kind mm -hmm. of yeah. So we had we had did it after the Duke game, kind of um, doing some more like the Sunday recovery, kind of mentioned it to a trainer, and then going into kind of the the whole exact process of what was going on. We kind of went saw a doctor, kind of because I had mentioned it, I guess to say the least. I was talking too much, and I explained or to the. One of our, I explained to our trainer what what I was feeling in the, that case, 
And with great concern, as they should have had, they kind of were like, what's going on? So we got to figure out what's going on and why are you feeling this type of way? So then we led to going to MRIs and seeing the MRIs, seeing the specialist, and then getting the the first like look at what's going on and how serious this moment is and what's exactly the case for for me and kind of that instance was kind of well we don't exactly know enough to make a decision but at the same time these are the risk uh, from these assessments that we made and kind of this is going into the Akron week kind of throughout that entire week of going and figuring out doctors going to classes no not going to classes. Did I go to classes? No. No, no, no school at the time. There's no school. I go to class when I have class. But just not having, um, not being able to practice because of, not even that, just kind of banged up, being banged up. But going through the normal week of, prep, trying to go through the normal week of preparation, going into the Akron game from the film standpoint and the recovery standpoint, as well as the practice standpoint, and still having to go to doctor visits in between different times and kind of going to get diagnosed or getting a, seeing a specialist on what the case might be, whether it was an MRI or getting the images read. So kind of going through that process while then coming to the conclusion on Thursday, I think it was, it's like, hey, um, this is pretty serious. Do you understand what's going on? Like this talk originally, like I had said, like, yeah, let's let's come to a decision later. You know, we, I want to have my family here kind of talk it through what exactly is going on. Kind of exp- have you explain it to them. And I had said, you know, I think my whole family would be here together Michigan week so we can do it after the Michigan game so I was trying mm-hmm. to buy I was trying to buy a little more time that would have been in that case I think three more weeks or two more weeks to kind of just mm-hmm. figure out what was going on because I I didn't think it was that serious and what it was right. so, so we're just trying to just trying to buy some time and kind of just go about normal business as usual so we're going through that week and then kind of leading into it it was kind of only seeing one doctor at that time we didn't have enough information on what the case was and how severe how severe it was so we had to just kind of they asked me are you sure do you want to play like this is the case is like you could be this is potentially dangerous why do you or not why but kind of or do you feel comfortable and in my head i'm like yeah we've got 10 more games guaranteed so yeah i've got 10 more games to play so i'm not worried about this one more game I got to make sure my body feels ready to go in other areas because this doesn't bother me outside of the field. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me off the field at all. So right. it's kind of that aspect of it. So I'm thinking going into the game is trying to be as healthy as possible. So then we go into the Akron game, and as we get closer, they kind of come to the dis- decision that, hey, so after the Akron game, we've got bye week, and we've got to got to speed this process. Not speed the process up, but get more doctor's opinions and see more spe- specialists and kind of – have a serious conversation of what could go on. So that's where that week was after the Akron week. By the way, we lost. So that that's that's we lost, and then we go into a doctor's visit the next day, telling my family exactly what's going on and what's mm-hmm. what's the case and how serious this can be. So there's like two losses in two days, less than 24 hours. So then we're trying to figure this out, and then planning the week, I think we go see a specialist on that Monday. Parents stay back for another day. Uh, other siblings go home and kind of just they were there with me during that process for going to the doctor's appointments and then seeing that and then knowing that we had another one and after getting two doctor's appointments already kind of thinking that where it's not looking too good from that standpoint of what's going to be said and it's not even necessarily that it looked too good it was just a matter of what what the diag not the diagnosis kind of what we were discussing in them so I think moving forward we're going through the rest of the week we've got another visit we go and then this is like a Wednesday or so and we see this visit fly back here to Chicago, and then we're sitting there. I think 
Thursday is kind of all the doctors kind of come together and talk it through with our team docs, this and that. And we're going through normal practice week and I'm kind of just still not practicing kind of deal. So guys are getting worried. And I'm like, look, everything's cool. We're just figuring some stuff out because I think Thursday practice, they almost didn't let me go practice because they just didn't feel comfortable now that they had had the discussion of what was going on. And they were asking me, when do you want to talk about this? And I said, let's do it after the Michigan game. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going in the Big Ten week. We can't yeah. stop. So let's, and they're like, no, I think we've got to. You got to have this, sir. So the fact that we were moving it up and kind of gave me that inclination of what might be happening and kind of getting that decision that Friday of bye week and kind of hearing the news and I was just kind of getting that decision of that you can't play football anymore and kind of that aspect of it. And, you know, it's tough. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do after. And then that's kind of where kind of just having to embrace the role of moving forward in life and kind of making that transition after or out of football and kind of into the coaching role and where I am, and you know, it's 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 some just a lot of stuff that went in there that kind of talks about with uh, just you know the process of everything, and that's why one of the reasons why you know I mean we'll discuss it more in the show, but kind of just like everything that has happened in that week and why you know certain things have to come to an end from the standpoint of you know understanding that exact process of why I'm able to be here today and after getting that decision to being able to stay positive through that mm-hmm. transition and being able to exceed what amount of expectation of coming from where I came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, we, we mentioned it about, um, I think, talking about the summer, but, like, mm-hmm. talk about a whirlwind. This is, like, yeah. one, two-week span, and you go from, look, we have ten more games left to, like, this is one. the, yeah. you know, this is the decision right, right. here. And, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. That's really, really tough. And uh, to hear you talk about it is really admirable and to stay so positive. Yeah. Um, it's very, very admirable yeah. and impressive. Um, the other thing I want to ask, too, so, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but it's something that you only feel while on the football field, right? And, yeah. I mean, before that Akron game, you didn't, like, uh, experience anything with it, right? No. Um, I had, so I had been experiencing it for years. Right. Yeah. So it was. Oh, so so you had been experiencing yeah, it for years. Right. Experience. You just didn't really. I don't feel it outside of. Right. So essentially, what it was is to just just break it down. Was just kind of I'd get this. I'd get hit a certain way, and there's no one way exactly mm-hmm. how I'd be hit, and I'd get a a tingling sensation down my body, and kind of not have feeling from the sense of touch, but I still had motor action. I could still move my arms and legs, and kind of you know, go about business as normal and kind of just doing what the normal is. So I kind of would just, whenever it happened, it was almost like a shock. So I think mm-hmm. like, say you hit your funny bone and you know how, right. you know how you get that. So that's exactly what it was kind of for me. And that aspect of, all right, well, it's time to wake up a little bit because right now you don't technically have feeling, but you gotta, you gotta go continue to play. Like it's just one more. And the thing that was, that wasn't really bothering me was that, the feeling always came back and it was never longer or shorter, whatever the case may be. So it wasn't necessarily like a long lasting effect. That's why I say I don't feel it outside of when I played and I didn't even feel it when I played. It would just mm-hmm. be one play and it happens. And then that's the case where you kind of had that, that, that feeling of uh, just that. So it's like just snap back into it. Oh God. Unprofessional. We're <laughs> <laughs> kind of just having that, that feeling of snapping back into it and kind of going and continue to play. So, like, I had experienced it. I think the earliest experience was in high school. But, mm-hmm. once again, it was something that the feeling always came back. Wasn't too worried about it. That's why that decision to kind of have to, you know, retire and kind of keep playing 
you know, it was a little bit out of my hands and kind of having to figure out, well, this is, this is a blessing and at the same time of what's going on. So mm-hmm. it's kind of understanding that during this period of transition out of it was that yeah, the only thing out of this is positive and the only way mm-hmm. to go is up and that's to grow every day and kind of, that's where you kind of get this idea of that like growth is the only op- option at that point. And that's through like just understanding the, the crazy life that I've lived and, you know, the importance of taking care of myself and handling stress of an injury and, you know, dealing with stuff like that and understanding why I'm doing this and how I'm able to do all this is from who I'm around and what's surrounding me. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your transition into that mm-hmm. coaching role. Um, but I mean, just to touch on it really quick was, you know, was your dream to play in the NFL? Is that what ultimately mm-hmm. was, you know, encouraging you to work out every day? Was it just, you know, because you cared so much about yourself and the foot, sorry, let me rephrase. Cause you cared <laughs> so much about, you know, the yeah, program and bettering yourself, the better the team was a combination of those things. Um, you know, what, what was the end goal for football in your mind? Was there one? No. I mean, the end goal, I guess, exactly is is exactly what I'm doing now, kind of the thing. I mean, when you take a look at it, you know, everyone wants to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, yes, that is a dream of mine. That will always be a dream of mine. But I had a realization, like, a couple of years, like a year ago or two, whatever it was, and that understanding that football does come to an end, it's inevitable, no matter whenever it comes. So I'm Father thinking, time is undefeated. Yeah, father time is undefeated. Yeah, so it's just kind of <laughs> – I like that. I like that. <laughs> but, no, just kind of that aspect of kind of taking a look back at um, what it is that I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it and understanding that if I were to – if I would have made it to the NFL and played, I mean, you look at the realistic – the real aspects of football and the longevity of not only a football player but a running back, it's, it's not very long anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. a good career for me, like that I was thinking in that case of – playing at least just getting a shot and being able to make that first contract which is about three years four years depending on if you're drafted or undrafted so understanding that aspect of where I'm coming from from a college where I'm coming from from the reps that I've taken the hits that I've taken and understanding the business side of the NFL and kind of where that was going so you look at it you take four years from when I graduate and I play my last season I'm 22 or 21 22 mm-hmm. four years is only 26 and 26 you're still pretty young you got to go do it you got to go have a rest of you got the rest of your life to live so right. i had had that realization that probably after 26 or even earlier whenever i was done that i was going to go back maybe work a real job i doubt it <laughs> but just to say i did it but do one of those and kind of go back and get into coaching and kind of do that aspect and be able to give back to kids and be able to influence young people just like my lives were influenced by my teachers and coaches and parents. So that was kind of the reason I knew that I was going to go back into coaching. So when this happens and I'm 20, I'm 21 instead of being 26, I got a five year head start. So that's, it's a pretty good deal right there. So I think this Mm -hmm. is exactly where I want to be and why I'm here. And I love it every minute of it, but that wasn't the driving factor. And I think the driving factor was kind of the the playing for the name, like I guess you could say selfish, but playing for the name on my back because I knew I represented mm-hmm. just more than myself. And I represented right. not just Northwestern, but the Larkin family as a whole and all the people that I've been able to bring closer in my family from playing the sport of football. So I think that was another reason that kind of drive me every day. So then making that transition out of it was kind of tough because although I had been doing this for such a long time, but I felt like, not that I'd let my family down, but just that they're not going to be able to watch me as a tough. Like, they're not going to be able to get to get together and be able to watch me play the sport that I love to play. So that's kind of the tough aspect of it, too, because not only did it affect me, but it affected the others around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, so you join as a member, the Northwestern football coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So how often do you get Coach Larkin? Is that what people call you? Well, one, I said I don't, I don't like being called Coach Larkin, but uh, I think uh, the guys – I can't even say the guys call me Coach Lark. <laughs> the younger guys, the younger guys call me Coach Lark, which is it's still an adjustment because they, they only know me as coach. They don't understand. I mean, they knew I, that I played here, but they don't necessarily see me as a player here anymore rather than kind of as a coach. But So they'll call me Coach Lark, but for the most part, I think the older guys or guys my age and maybe a year younger who I played with will call me jo- Coach Lark just joking around. But – I mean, they can call me whatever they want because, you know, I mean, I get it. Technically, that's the title, but I'm not going to let the title go to my head. Yeah. Still the same old. Same Use that power. I'm still, the, yeah, I'm still the same old bum from Cincinnati, so it doesn't matter. Uh, or, from sorry. near Cincinnati. Still the same guy from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, look, you're, you're coached this year, this awesome run to the mm-hmm. Big Ten Championship. You're right there along for the ride. And uh, mm-hmm. with that, I mean, you had Justin Jackson as this guy who served a great mentor role for you mm-hmm. alongside others. But, of course, then Isaiah Bauer, the freshman, comes mm-hmm. in and uh, fills your role admirably. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you say from watching him just uh, take the take the role mm-hmm. and really uh, – uh, That he's – it was good to see him kind of come into his own because I think this is a guy we were looking at. He almost wasn't going to be playing, and mm-hmm. then his number gets called, you know, with me going down. It's like that next man up mentality. So kind of being there to help him grow and kind of understand the game and understand what we do and why we do it and trying to get him to – I think the biggest thing in watching him grow was to see him not be thinking as much as he used to from when he got here. As an early or as an early enrollee to where he is now, kind of just playing the game and not thinking it. Now it's almost like, I, you know, you're you're not a, you're not a freshman anymore. Let's be a little more smarter and let's make some plays. So that's so it's very interesting to get to work with him and kind of work alongside of him and kind of help him and mentor him in that way of being able to make that leap from not only just being a player who's good, but being an exceptional player and kind of making these big plays and kind of go help us go and make you know finish a job that we didn't finish off last year Mm. yeah and i mean make the big 10 championship Mm. have that great run great holiday bowl um and you got hunter johnson coming in next year obviously nfl guy and clayton thorson graduating Mm. but a lot of excitement around Mm. the program moving forward what's next for northwestern football I think you just have to wait and see, you know. It's not necessarily – I know you guys talk about Hunter, but, I mean, we've got great quarterbacks. And T.J. Green, Aiden Smith, I think that's oh, yeah. one of the yeah, – Oh, it's, no one's won the starting job yet. No right? one's won the starting job. The starting job is still up just like it is in camp every year. Someone's got to go out there and win the, win the job every day. And we have to be able to put someone out there. And I think right now it doesn't matter who we put out there. We can roll – we can roll me out there and play quarterback. All I got to do is hand the ball off, or we can just throw it to a receiver. Anybody can play, you know, not anybody can play the quarterback position, but I think us as a team has grown so much in what we're able to do that it doesn't matter. I can't say it doesn't matter, but, you know, next but it's, man just, up. it's the next man up, and I think right. it's whoever fills that role, whoever is our starting quarterback is just going to be able to lead our team no matter whoever it is. And um, I think for the most part that we, we will be a successful team because of everyone that's working on that offense as well as the defense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it speaks to the mentality of the Northwestern football program mm-hmm. that you, you do get a guy in Hunter Johnson who comes in is from, a, you know, the objective, sorry, the, the, the fans far off point of view. You get a guy mm-hmm. who's obviously a very high recruit, comes from a very touted program in Clemson, and he comes in and amidst this great run, you don't hear a single thing about him all year, right? Like he was completely mm. 
behind the scenes and kind of sticking to himself. And I think that speaks to the program because, look, again, he hasn't won the job yet, right? It's all about uh, the, the, the mentality you just completely yeah. alluded to. But, and it um, was that and with the transfer rules, I think he just had to sit out so he couldn't necessarily do anything. But, I mean, right. like you said, it's a, it's a battle. Um, there's, there's no exact quarterback position, like, established right now. I think everyone's got a job that they've got to go win and – in camp when camp comes and kind of figure that out. So I think, you know, getting these guys and getting highly recruited guys is, is good. But at the end of the day, you know, there's that pressure of expectation and some guys can do it. Some guys can't not saying that this is one particular, but that's one of the things from the pan, fan perspective is you think you get a four star or a five star recruit that mm-hmm. this guy's going to elude and be some great guy. But if you go back and look, some of the best players weren't recruited. If you look at us like Austin Carr, this was a guy that, earned a scholarship. He's a walk-on. He's a walk-on, right. And you see guys like that, that it doesn't matter what the rankings are. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what Rival says or what 24-7 sports says. Like, that doesn't matter. What it's Unplugged says. What Unplugged says. <laughs> it's about <laughs> what you do when you actually get here and what you're able to make that transition and kind of do that role. And mm-hmm. being able to embrace the culture and be a part of that team and be able to help the team the best you can rather than just worried about yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things that – young recruits or young guys could just understand is that it's not any it's not necessarily about the high school hair anymore it's kind of your show is over with everyone's high school hairs how are you going to be the next college guy how are you going to be that next Heisman candidate or the next Doak Walker or the next Jim Thor like one of those you know what I mean like it's about figuring out that aspect of it and being able to translate that so it's not necessarily about the recruiting aspect everyone gets so high and worried about, oh, I've got this many offers, or i got this batter, rather than focusing on if you go to that school that you're so – that's such a high, big program, are you actually going to fit in or are you just going to be another guy that gets washed within the college mm-hmm. football system? So yeah. it's more of trying to figure out why – what it, what exactly can the university help you with for your life and your future? So one of the things you kind of – you hear – in recruiting, I guess, or not recruiting, but in Northwestern and what we kind of talk about, the message is not from the, the next four to five years, but the next 40 to 50 years, because that's what's important is this future, as we talked about earlier in college and how this part of our life is so important to our future and what we're going to do. That's why you choose a university like this, because of the opportunities that's set up that goes back to the whole Chicago Big Ten team school, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of being able to figure out why you want to go to school and how you fit perfectly in it and how you, if you can embrace that culture if this is something for you rather than just going to the school that's the biggest name or a school that's going to offer you just because you've got four or five stars or just because you got all these offers rather than looking at how you fit into whatever it is that you're trying to fit into and what you want to do. Yeah. No, I mean, so you just mentioned, you know, looking at the next 40 years, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we're really here concluding all of this, summing all of this mm-hmm. up. Both these podcast appearances. Yeah. <laughs> you always know that Unplugged, we're all about plugging. I mean, right, that's right. all we do. But um, <laughs> So, look, you're going to grad school here. You're still using your schol- a scholarship. Um, you're going to be here for three more years, right, including your senior year and then the two grad school years. Um, you're going to be graduating with what's what's your exact major right now? Uh, so I'm in CESPI, so I've got right. the Human Development and Psych Services mm-hmm. degree with which is just HDPS, all mm-hmm. these acronyms. You know, you kids like acronyms nowadays. <laughs> but and then you've got, <laughs> and I'm getting the Integrated Marketing Communication right. Certificate, so the IMC. Mm-hmm. And grad school, you're doing it's not sports management. Right? What's the exact wording of it? I think it's master's in sports administration. Right. That'd be, but yeah, when that time comes, I got to get into grad school. That's 
more school for Jeremy Larkin is going to be interesting. <laughs> it's like oil and water. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, yeah, I don't, school's tough. I mean, yeah, we'll but leave it at that. I we, mean, don't, we don't need to talk about academics. <laughs> alongside all this, this sports though. sports podcast. <laughs> alongside all this, though, of course, you're doing that. You're staying up coaching. But, of course, you are releasing your podcast, Whistles. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, let's just dive right into it. Why Whistles? why whistles and why the name or just why 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 do it i mean take I think, it as you will take it as well i think it's just you know it's a chance for not only me but other other hosts like jake saunders who will be our co-host as well as jared thomas and it's a chance for us to kind of just explain and give listeners an inside perspective of what actually goes into the student athlete life it's not a show where we complain about how hard life is this and that yes there will be talks of it but at the same time it's to talk about real life experiences that we've learned from it and how it can apply uh to later in life and you know kind of just give people that that understanding of what the life is as a college athlete and in the in the athletic world as well as educate those who might be wanting to be a part of it as well as also kind of just bonding with other athletes who kind of, you know, have the same type of experience and came type of, you know, same type of like lessons learned in life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I asked the open-ended question, but I, of course, mm -hmm. why the name whistles? Oh, okay. No, 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 <laughs> that was perfect. Right. No, it's just, I mean, I also, you know, I gotta, I gotta ask the tough hitting question. I mean, why the name NGL? Not gonna lie. What's, what's that about? <laughs> they are my guy birth given initials oh okay all right well <laughs> never mind <laughs> well i mean the name for the meaning of the show is kind of just uh i guess when you think about it from the, the standpoint of like what a whistle does you know it kind of just grabs the attention of people and kind of gets them to listen in or stop what they're doing and kind of create that that attention or grab their attention to have awareness of whatever's going on and that's kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to do this and kind of get the awareness of other people and kind of talk about what I've talked about and kind of explain that as well as where I get it from my meaning of it is from the football standpoint and why I wanted to do it was because I think uh, being an athlete, I've played football for however many years that I've played. Uh, you like to break it down from a game standpoint, a football standpoint, you play four quarters in a game. I think that first four, for that first quarter for me was those first 20 years of me playing sports and whatever it was. And to transition into that second quarter, you know, you got to hear the whistle to stop the game. And that's kind of where that retirement was. That retirement was kind of my first whistle in which I'm able to translate, which I'm transitioning now into the, the second quarter, you know, adjusting, you know, I've take everything that I've learned in the first quarter from what I've learned in the life game plan that I've had, you know, set up. Now it's time to apply this game plan here and then eventually going to have to readjust again and kind of just make that transition all over again. So that's kind of why the name whistles just because of, you know, just coming back to just gaining the attention, just like this retirement, gain my attention on life and gain a new perspective of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I know you have a ton of awesome ideas mm -hmm. for segments, mm -hmm. you know, interviews, conversations, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, some of your segments include like high school, Harry, right, random right. thoughts of deuce eight. Oh God. Um, that's just basically when I do those unprofessional moments where I'm kind of just sitting here, like having a thought, like, what was your day like today though? What'd you do today? My day? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so I'm, I'm I doing this, this startup accelerator program, right? Yeah. We got breakfast care from Panera this morning. Right. Didn't know Panera has these like quiche things that are like What's quiche. It's like an egg, like bread kind of thing. No clue. 
it, it tastes good going down my mouth. That's what matters, mm -hmm. right? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was a great start to the day. Um, right. Past that, I mean, we actually had a guy come in and talk about accounting. So you like numbers? Mm, I, I'm partial towards numbers, but accounting uh, is just mind numbing. Uh, shout out to that guy for trying to make it. Right. Every time I have like an accounting class or I encounter mm -hmm. an accountant, they always like open it up with now. I know accounting is boring and dry, it's so I'm going to try to make yeah. it okay. And then there's like a dry chuckle, and it's like literally you watch Parks and Rec. Absolutely, I was literally getting there. Barry, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm here to show you about the, the the things of Excel and what it can do for you. Every, if you do this, hour later. every time Adam Scott's character walks in too, and he's just like makes one joke, and they just like die laughing, <laughs> and then he makes the the board game. Oh my god! Oh my that's god! That's one of the I best did. inside jokes of the show. What the, the just like the the whole like every time he comes, the accountant leaves within the day. Wait, what? You, you know how like uh, Ben, right? That's his yeah, character. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he always like gets hired like oh, and then, by then yeah, and then he like finds something else by and the end of the like, day, and just like he's the guy so sad. Right, at least he got feel so bad. For just that a guy. great bit, right. but mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, so but, that, that yeah, accounting. Um, we actually have a whiteboard over there that details everything we were working on, but oh. just working on some like business plan stuff. Oh. You know, we're going to be do, doing some customer interviews. So that's what my day looked like. I lost my toy. <laughs> 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 Gotta have a toy here, you know, <laughs> for the listeners. Oh, it's like a bootleg fidget it's, spinner. It's, a, it's a very bootleg sp fidget spinner. I got this from one of those, like, you know, the gumball machines you put the quarter in and twisted. Right. It's exactly what this was, but they said it was a mystery one. So I didn't know. So mm -hmm. I just put it in there, and they said, you can get whatever you want. And this came out. I was like, what kind of crap is this? And then I've been playing with it for three weeks straight. So this is probably the best 25 cents that I've ever spent. But back to segments. Is though, that another segment on the show, the best 25 cents you've ever spent? No, that, that's actually a good idea. No, that's just one of the <laughs> – Takes out the notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes out the notebook. But, no, that's kind of just like one of that, the, like you said, the random thoughts that do say it. It's kind of just a chance for me to kind of get off what I've been thinking literally just in that spur of the moment, like kind of that aspect of we got so far off topic of talking about segments. That's kind of what's going to happen. Probably <laughs> say the least. I just, just prepare for just it. Just prepare for it. Bear with us. Okay. I might just see something like I'm looking at my computer. I see a cool picture and then I'm like, Oh shoot, I'm off topic of what we're talking about. Like we're right. looking at these gobstoppers, which are terrible, phenomenal terrible candy. candy, terrible candies. We've got smart water in the booth. Company. You're a big smart water guy. It's, a, it's the same smart water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, from, it's from our guest needs from, you know, the interviews that we've been doing. Right. For the um, that's another thing I want to touch on. So mm -hmm. we've recorded two episodes so far with more this week, uh, kind of just loading up beforehand. But um, they're going to be releasing every Friday, you know, every Friday oh, morning <laughs> um, uh, throughout the summer starting this Friday. But, um, I mean, what can you say about the episodes we've recorded so far slash you've recorded so far? Hey. Right? They have been one not only a learning period and a learning curve for me and trying to figure out this whole this whole podcast world and how the thing does and I've been learning of how to talk into the mic and kind of do that different things. But also they've been very fun. I mean, <laughs> coming up we've had we've got an interview with uh the NU strength coach is the most, you know, internet sensational people all the time. And we've had Spanos and Flan in the booth and not gonna lie, they 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 brought a whole ton of energy that right. wasn't even still pre wasn't prepared for. And that's something you just kind of expect from them every day, though. They've always got that energy. Like I said, all gas, no brakes. Shout out WGCIs. You know, that's Thanos. I mean, you'll hear stuff like that just 
nonsense randomly <laughs> just randomly just a whole bunch of random chatter there's also just some there's a little point where we kind of get a little bit off track with you know uh having some fun with you know the 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 supplies that are in the room you know <laughs> you, you know what i mean just kind of having some fun with that and then also just kind of with more guests coming on we're, we're trying to get you know some high school harry's on here kind of get some guys over here talk about that transition from high school as well as kind of just kind of going through the rest of it but i think the first kind of first series of episodes will be dealing with the transitions of the preparation and what the everyday life is uh, from getting in the off season in the weight room and whatnot, as well as making the transition from high school to college athletics and how you're able to succeed and not how you're able to succeed, but just kind of that type of things and telling stories through, you know, those high school moments with some of the guests and kind of explaining how that's translated now to the college game. That's kind of the first series. And then, the next series of episodes will deal with the grind of life, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the, that aspect. You always talk about grinding or whatever as an athlete, so there's that aspect of it. And then also kind of the 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 part where we kind of dive in more in the narrative aspect of us as guests, kind of get to know a little bit more about the, the host, me, and Jared, and kind of, you know, uh, Jake, and dealing with adversities and coming over that stuff, as well as going into more about – what we've learned so far and growing as individuals and how we can just continue to grow as human beings and kind of that aspect of it as a student athlete. I mean, you led into my uh, last question, uh -oh. but, uh, <laughs> look at that. We've been hanging around too much. We're like in sync. <laughs> yeah. It's like ESPN, but it's a, it's a joke from something. It was a uh, broadcast. <laughs> Do you know ESP? No. Like ESP is like mind reading. Oh, really? So there was a broadcaster who said like, it's like we have ESPN. <laughs> I've never heard this. I've never heard this. So I guess we're not totally insane. We're but, not totally uh, insane. We have just ESPN. Yet. Just yet. We're, but, just, uh, we're, not, we're not ESPN. Yeah, no. I've never heard this. My last question for you was, why'd you pick Jared and Jake? I mean, obviously, you guys are great friends. Yeah. And, I mean, you were like, yeah, you yeah. thought they were super professional just because they were Medill guys. They're very but. professional. I mean, <laughs> I think it'll be evident listening to the show with, you know, how more polished they are and sounding and what they're talking about, whereas you got me over here just kind of having some fun and trying to get used to it. But I think they're also just two great people who have great stories. And, you know, I'll let them share that and what they've got from their background and whatnot. But I think, you know, one of the main reasons is why I choose them. And then, you know, you look at it from the perspective of Jake, you know, he's he's in my class. He's one of my brothers that we've just grown up with and kind of grown in college. Didn't even we're from the same hometown of Cincinnati, but yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get into that. That's like our pilot episode of an yep. our, our, a big a big debate in the pilot episode about Cincinnati and all that good stuff. But you know, just being able to share that bond and kind of talk high school ball with him, I think, will be fun because that's kind of what we always talk about. Even even in college, we kind of always relate back to Cincinnati sports and like how important it is and talking about that. So it's like fun to do that with him, as well as kind of why I chose Jared. I mean, you know. Um, Whatever I do, that becomes it's kind of like bringing them into the light, you know. As a as an offensive lineman, they get no credit. Uh, the only time you credit the O line is when they're doing something wrong. So it's like, <laughs> look, man, these guys having a very very important job. I don't think you understand the reason why I was quote unquote successful was because of the guys up front who do the dirty work. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do it with these guys. And then as the same well, these are two very very large people, big people, and I. 
I like to think <laughs> that I have a large personality that matches them both. So right. it's, it, 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 I think it's just, it's going to be good. And then we've got the triple J effect going on, you know. Right. I think I pointed that out. I don't yeah. know if you realize that. Well, I know. I think originally I wanted to name the pod like JJ okay. or okay. Triple J or some stuff like that. But there's a whole lot of thought process that went in. I actually saw the notebook I was scribbling in the day in class. I was like, wow, I've come a long way from this idea. We're out here recording. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. that wraps it all up for me. Uh, you got any questions Why for me? Why did you say that? Why did I say what? We're out here recording. What does that mean? We're out here recording. Like, we're here oh. recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. We out here. I guess, but, um, I guess one of the things I guess I could ask you, what's your favorite childhood, like, memory of a toy? Like, what's your favorite childhood toy, I guess? Favorite what's something that you remember? childhood toy. Yeah. Is this copping out to say like a skills mini hoop? Like, you know, the mini basketball hoops, like Nerf hoops? Uh, Is that copping out? Yes. Okay. Give me a real. Give me, or are you going to say video games? I, what was your favorite video game growing up as video a Video game? Oof. I got to go with Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh. Huge what, what, what GameCube. Guy. What are you playing on? GameCube guy. GameCube guy. For the win. I was, playing, I was playing GameCube this past weekend. No, wait, what game? Brawl? Or Melee? No, we're playing Smash Bros. Melee. Like oh. Super Smash Bros. Melee. Oh, Super Smash That's Bros. That's the best one. What For me, that? it's between... I'm not going to lie. I don't even know any of this stuff. I was just playing. I was trying to hit buttons and stuff. Is this like the newer version on the... No, we no, We played no. on the Switch where we could connect the GameCube controllers. Oh, and right. So we had like seven guys in my apartment just playing. It was I, it was ridiculous. It was, no, no. Super Smash Bros. Melee is the GameCube version, which is the best one of all time. But explain, to your point, explain it to me. Explain it to me. What do you Super, mean? Like, you know, the GameCube. Do you remember the GameCube? Mm -hmm. I'm not that young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, younger than I am. But yeah. I'm younger than you are. But uh, that was like the second edition of Super Smash Bros. The one they made for the GameCube. It's generally considered the greatest one. Don't know. I'm not a GameCube guy. I played, I played, I played PlayStation. That's, that's, that's fair. And we. And yeah, yeah, those are. I mean, if you're ever trying to lose in Smash Bros. too, like, uh, that's, that's give me Pikachu easy. and it's just over. I used Pikachu this weekend and I got so much crap for it. I mean, granted, I, I didn't know what I was doing. There was one time, I'm not going to lie, I did a little Pikachu like power-up spin, you know what I'm talking about? Right. And I accidentally flew off the map. I'm not very good at it, but I was, I was trying. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know what I do. I don't play video games. I don't really either. <laughs> they, make, they make me angry. Back in the day, though. Hey, you asked favorite way back when. Right, I know. What's another, I guess... I guess we, I don't want to keep you up. Here. I mean, you know, we'll stay all day. I'll be interviewing. Yeah. This will turn into now an hour of he's, me interviewing He's you. become a pro interviewer. But, um, I mean, that's everything on my end. You can mm -hmm. follow him. He's Jeremy Larkin at Deuce underscore eight on Ooh. Twitter. Um, look out for whistles every yeah. Friday morning from now until, I mean, when do you have a plan until, like, 2040? 2040? No, I think it was 2022. But, uh, oh, okay. I'm just trying to <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I you said, said Twitter. You said Twitter. It's deuce underscore underscore eight. There's two eights because two and eight. Boom. I did not realize that. Yeah. Wow. And also because. I must be following the wrong guy. No, deuce <laughs> underscore eight didn't let me change. He didn't want to change his Twitter name. This right. was a way big controversial back in the day when I was trying to change my Twitter name to deuce underscore eight. There's already a deuce underscore eight. So I DM'd him saying, hey, man, would you want to change your Twitter name? I want to be deuce underscore eight. He replied blatantly, no. And I said, all right, I'll just add two underscores. It's like, like a jersey swap. Kind yeah, it was of like deal. a jersey swap. Yeah, he's yeah. like, hey, man, you want to? He's like, no, nah, I'm not having it. I don't even know if he's still. I got to go. Let's go. Actually, we do that later. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, look out for whistles. And, look out uh, for whistles, yeah. 
Thanks for coming on, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to do this. That's it. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at ByNatGL. That's B-Y-N-A-T-E-G-L. You can follow the website at Unplugged at U-N-P-L-U-G-G underscore D and log on at up.powderbluemedia.com. Until next time, see ya. See ya.